All right. Hello, Greater Philadelphia. Um, I'm Sarah Tyman. I'm here with Stacy Mitchell. We've got Nick behind the camera, and Tom will be here momentarily. You are listening to Tool Time Real Estate Radio here on WWDB 860 AM. We are streaming streaming live on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, we have an exciting show here today. Some good stuff to go over, um, and I think Stacy's gonna hit it off. Okay, so. Our first segment is going to be focused on some industry news here. Um, we're going to give you some stats and data about the market. So our first, we're going to start out at pending home sales. So according to Redfin, pending home sales have risen to the highest level in a year, according wow. to Redfin. So, But there's a little caveat to that, <laughs> as always. Uh, buyers backed out of the deals at the highest rate on record, too. So it, it's pretty interesting. So U.S. pending home sales rose 1% month over month in October uh, to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 401000 the highest level in a year. That's pretty exciting. Although pending sales fell 4.8% compared to October 2022, uh, it's still the smallest annual decline in nearly two years. So here's a look at why pending home sales have picked up, according to Redfin. The number of existing homes listed increased in October, giving buyers more options to choose from. I think we've seen that. Mm -hmm. We've noticed that active listings uh, or the total number of homes for sale rose to 1,412,404, to be exact, a 1.4% month-over-month increase. Sellers also cut prices or offered concessions to get to the closing table. And we've experienced that too, Sarah, I know, mm -hmm. uh, out in the field. Uh, according to Redfin, rough, roughly one in five, that's 20.8% of homes that sold in October, posted a price drop. That's a pretty big deal, yeah. Uh, especially from what we had experienced during COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and that is up 18 0.4% in September and down from 21.7% in October 2022. So about one third of sellers offered concessions such as money for repairs, closing costs, and or mortgage rate buy downs. And um, major life events such as marriage, divorce, or new jobs brought some new buyers back to the market. And uh, some buyers were also eager to relocate to a more affordable place. Yeah. And since late October, mortgage rates have fallen slightly. Well, we saw a big drop in the past, like, week and a half. Mm -hmm. And this is spurring an uptick in buyer demand. Uh, mortgage applications rose once those rates dropped. Uh, since rates have fallen lower in November, pending sales may post an even bigger increase this month. So what are you seeing out there, Sarah? What are your thoughts on all this information? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, in terms of the major life events, when those happen, like, you can kind of push things off a little bit um, if the, if you're not feeling super confident about the market or ready to jump in. But at some point as those life events occur, like you have to, you have to do something there. Um, I mean, I would say, especially in the divorce category, like oh, you yeah. only want to be like still, you know, sharing a home with your soon to be ex or ex for so long. Um, and for, you know, the marriage piece, I think that a lot of times it's not uncommon for people to try to take money that they get from like gifts and stuff when they get married to apply towards um, a home purchase or, or to be a piece of that puzzle. So as those life events occur, certainly, you know, favorable or not, uh, if you perceive it that way for what the current market conditions are, you, you got to do something. Um, I have seen, you know, a decent amount of, of price cuts on different properties. Um, but as we've you know, I feel like commented on every single week, that's, you still can't expect that, um, especially if they are priced properly for the market. If they are, those are the homes that you're less likely to see a price cut. Um, also, certainly motivation of the seller is going to come into play there. How quickly do they need to get this sold? Is this going to be a piece um, that holds up them purchasing the next home? Do they have a um, a contingency in place on a property that they are under contract on on the buy end and they need to, they have to get this house under contract by X date, um, that may motivate them to, to drop the price a little bit quicker. So, um, 
but yeah, I've I have seen I have seen different different price cuts. Um, what about you? Is that kind of what you're seeing out there as well? Wow, yeah, all really good points that I agree with, and especially uh, every situation's different. Every mm-hmm. seller's need to sell is different. Yes. So it it really is dependent on that. But I yeah I I have definitely seen that. I had clients take advantage of those opportunities, um, especially uh, with inspections mm-hmm. and trying to negotiate repairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really really positive. Although sellers might not be that happy about it, but it is the the way the current market is. Right. You still have a couple of those unicorn properties that people are still waiving everything mm-hmm. in our area. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, yeah, seeing some price adjustments and um, being able to negotiate things, it, it's been really, really positive. Yeah, absolutely. Win-win on both sides for the most part. Um, so... While pending sales are on the upswing, the number of closed home sales continue trending down, indicating that home buyers are canceling deals at the last minute. Have you had any canceled contracts in the past month or two? No. Um, but I mean that makes that makes sense that the more, you know, the higher the number that go under contract, the more likely people are to, you know, that some of those will fall through. But both on the list side and the buy side for my most recent transactions, fingers crossed, wow. <laughs> we're all holding together. What about you? That is awesome. Yeah. Um, actually, I had a couple terminations. Mm-hmm. One was based on inspections. Yeah. Um, and I think that situation is because the buyer um, sees that there's op- other opportunities out there, yeah. too. Right. So they they don't feel like they're so locked in. Right. Like that if this one that they're under contract gets away, if they can't negotiate it out, like yep. they're not like, well, now nothing else will ever be again. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So sellers, sellers beware. <laughs> right. Um, you know, buyers are feeling a little bit more empowered, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. So, you know, if, it, if the inspections come back and, and there can't be you know, a, a meeting of the minds there. Yeah. They will be more apt to move on, the buyers, that is. Yeah. Although, actually, come to think of it, my, I would say for my four most recent transactions, three of the, two of those being list side, two of those being buy side. So, like, 50-50, no inspections. Wow. Okay. So, you, yeah. you haven't had to negotiate through that. So, yeah. Isn't so that, we that's kind of had... nice sometimes. So. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, like, and both of them for different reasons. One of them, because the home was in, spectacular condition okay and you could tell like not just from the seller's disclosure but also then from like the additional information that they provided like this was these were people who took very good care of their home very well documented it had been in it a long time and like yes there always could be unknowns there but um we were competing against people that we knew were waiving the inspection Mm. um and then on the um sale side i think that we had we just said we didn't want inspections. And then, yeah, oh. then there's, you don't have that piece to uh, to negotiate out. <laughs> That's awesome. Sometimes that alleviates a lot of stress on, right, on, right. on for us and for the buyers and sellers in some cases. Um, so we're seeing the uptick in inventory. Should Do you think we should be worried about the inventory gains that we're seeing in November? What's your mm, thought on that? I don't think so. Um, I think that's kind of, Good news, right? It's more, um, I mean, I guess it depends on if you're the buyer, the seller, the seller who has the same home as a couple other ones that are up on the market. Um, but I I think it's positive. What about you? I think so too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, honestly, in our area, the inventory is still right. very, very low. Right. Like you're, even mm-hmm. if inventory comes up, we're still, we're still, still in a very low. Market. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's, it's uh, a negative right. by any stretch. I think the more inventory we have and as the rates continue to dip, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just see <laughs> a little craziness in the future for the market. But right. um, it still has been very busy. It's I know our team has been extremely busy. I had a, so far a really great November. Yeah. So um, I, in our area, you know, and real estate is local always. We, we always remind everybody that in our area, we're very fortunate that we mm-hmm. still have a lot of activity in the market and it's been very positive. Right. So what are you, what are you seeing out there as far as your rates? Um, I know that 
it a couple of weeks ago we were ticking up to close to the eight percent mark. Mm-hmm. People were very concerned. It, you know, it, we felt like maybe they would go over the eight mm-hmm. percent. Um, but then when the Fed made their big announcement and they kind of pivoted and indicated they weren't going to raise their basis point uh, by the end of this year, that really affected the mortgage rates and they dropped. Like in one day, it's like a stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they fell to 7%. And I noticed today they were coming in about 7%. Right. So but what's interesting there, I think, is that doesn't necessarily mean that's what somebody's going to get. You know, like yes. there's all these different pieces that that go in. So I know I recently had one where, you know, oh, rates are seven. This is great. And he wasn't from the first place that we were kind of shopping around at was not able to get that. Um, and then, you know, did some, did some due diligence on his end, you know, looked at a couple of different options and was able to get a favorable rate. But just because it's being said, this is the rate again, just like every house is situational, every cell, like there's no one set formula in any transaction for like, this is what gets it done. You're absolutely right about that for yeah. sure. Um, on the flip side, I just had clients lock in to a six point. I think it was 375 they told me 6.375 yeah wow now it it is an adjustable okay but i don't know the terms of the adjustable like is it a five you right know, i'm assuming it was a five but it was really low let me see if i can pull up that number because i couldn't believe it right uh, i mean they're is super seven, super excited is seven the most common for adjustable like i mean i'm assuming the less years you have until it adjusts potentially the lower your rate would be because you've got a little bit more risk there that's what i'm thinking now it it was at 6.25 percent. oh my gosh right that's amazing it is so they were super super excited um yeah it's an arm but i don't know i don't know the details i was assuming it was probably a five year because that's right you know it might have been a little bit higher rate if it was a seven right but um yeah so they were they were very excited me too i couldn't believe it i was like oh we're back in low sixes like, wow. Oh, that's like an exciting one to be like, let me read your estimated closing <laughs> costs and show you your savings. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So oh that was a gosh. positive, although their uh, inspection came back with a failed septic. So, eh, but we're going <laughs> to, we're going to try to work through it. Right. right this right. is, this is what we're here for navigating everyone through the process. Right. So Tom's here. Hey, Tom. Yeah. Hello. Uh, if you have to travel anywhere today, add like an extra 45 <laughs> minutes on horrible traffic, but, uh, so you guys are talking about rates. Tell me, yep. bring me up to speed. So we're talking about this pending home sales rise in uh, that that Redfin's reporting. Yep. So exactly. what what do you think attributes to this? I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, we've got lower rates, right? Mm-hmm. We've got an eighteen and a half percent inventory increase year over year in the month's supply of homes that are available in the greater Philadelphia area. Um, we've got this thirty nine point one percent of sellers have made a price adjustment. So. I, I see part of this as this time last year we had kind of the same rates, but we didn't see the same sort of bounce in pending sales. There's a mindset in the market right now that people are just realizing this is what we're going to be dealing with if I need to transact. I don't know if that's what you're seeing on in the field. I mean, I'm certainly – and there, there's folks that have just been waiting so long that mm-hmm. I don't know if you can wait much longer. I mean, you know, how, how long are you going to wait when you're, like, busting at the seams for your home? How long are you going to wait when you're downsizing and can't keep up with the property? I think part of that's what's – what's happening as well. So, I mean, what, what, what are some of these contributing factors in the field that you ladies are seeing right now with your clients? Uh, life changes, job changes, um, people moving from different locations back here to be closer to family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when you get down to it, there's, there are things that it's, you're not going to necessarily wait around for the perfect interest rates, right? Right. You're going to, people are more important than anything. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, if you're all your family's here and, you know, you come to the realization the market's not going to change. I'm just I want to get back home to my family. You're just going to jump right in. Right. And th- like you said, Sarah, you know, uh, marriages, divorces. I mean, through COVID, it was absolutely horrible. Right. When people were experiencing those situations, especially divorce and they ha- they couldn't move. Right. I mean, that was absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are really, there are life changes and obviously job transfers that people are not going to wait. Right. They're not going to wait. They can't wait. Yeah. I would say same thing. I mean, there's a combination of people that already have been waiting for, you know, longer than they would like. And at this point, it's like, all right, it's it's time to do this. Um, and yeah, those life events certainly 
uh, you know, make these transactions continue to go through regardless of what, you know, is is going on in the market. Um, yeah. So I, I'd say like a combination of a couple of those things. And, and the other thing, too, is like people, if their leases are terminating or leases are coming mm-hmm. to a close and they, like Tom said, they've been waiting already mm-hmm. and say they re-signed up last year to wait for the interest rates to drop. Yeah. Well, guess what? Your lease is going to come up for a renewal again. Are right. you going to do another year lease and, and waste money and right. pay 100% interest rate? Right. Or are you just going to take the plunge and get in? Or, I, I mean, I feel like there's also been the case for some where they because they are still like motivated, they haven't re-signed a full year lease. They're paying more per month to do a month to month or a like four month or like a shorter term mm-hmm. um, renewal for their their lease. And you know that those those weeks go by very quickly. And when you've got a small window there, I feel like it goes even faster. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I also, because this bump in inventory too, and it, it's not really, there's not more homes for sale, but the, the, there, there's less home selling. So the supply grows. That that That's really what supply and demand is, is all about. Zillow released a seller report. It's the 2023 Consumer Housing Trends Report. And what what I found interesting was the typical U.S. seller, the median age is 45, which I, I was a little surprised to see. Um, and you know, it's it's older than the median age of renters, which is 39, and buyers, which is 40, but not that much older. And what that tells me is it's probably a lot of these people coming to the market, I look at where they are in their life, they're probably in a place where their home is too small for them, or they're getting a job relocation. Because when you're in your mid-40s, you're either moving to get into a bigger home, historically, or you're moving because there's been some sort of life, a divorce you mentioned, right? Or, or there's some sort of life event that happens. So, it looks like some of these people are just decided I, I can't wait any longer, which would be a smart move for sellers because as, in, as supply continues to increase, you might not be able to get these multiple offer situations with no inspections that we've that have kind of became the norm during the COVID market. Um, so that was pretty fascinating to me. And, and 70% of these sellers are married or in a committed relationship. 15% were married in the past. 15% never married. And the median U.S. home seller sold a three-bed, two-and-a-half-bath single-family home with 2,000 to 3,000 square feet. So, um, and, and seven out of ten buy another home. Um, 54% upgraded to a more expensive home, 31% downsized, and 14% made a lateral move. Um, and over half of these people, they're seller-buyers. So they sell first and then buy, uh, which I found that to be very fascinating because I think that's a really tough thing to do. Um, balancing the, the, the buy-sell, but it's clear they have their equity tied up in their home and they need it to move ahead. So it looks like there's more folks that have been kind of waiting out the market or finally saying it's, it's time for me to get on the market is, is what I get by my takeaways from this report. Did you guys have any other interesting pieces of data you got from this uh, Zillow uh, Consumer Housing Trends Report that just got released? No, but I think, that, yeah, that, that age. Yeah, the, the age was age. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I did not know that. Yeah, I like all this data. Well, it helps you, you know, helps you navigate the market with your clients and yourself for your business, right? I mean, because if you're not, a lot of people think, oh, I always want the, you, you want that really motivated seller. Well, it, what does that even mean? And in some cases, it might take some time for people to figure out what their actual plans are. So if you know what who the typical U.S. seller is, it's a lot easier to um, cater to those those sort of needs. So. On that note, why don't we take a break? Uh, we're going to come back. There's been more news in this real estate commission saga that's been going on and on for years now, four years in the making. We're going to break it all down next. We got new attorneys. We got copycat lawsuits. And then we're going to wrap up with my favorite segment that we do on the show. It's once a year, Turkeys of the Year. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com. 
www.thepowerofprayer.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized, local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX main line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomToolWithAnE.com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Time, and we have Nick behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. If you get some value out of the show here, you like what you hear, do a favor for us and subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications to make sure you know every time we go live, which is every Tuesday at three o'clock, and make sure to drop a comment. So we've got more news about these commission lawsuits and this is almost like the commission lawsuit era at this point before we get into this how often have you had consumers bring this up to you not really i had one a while ago a little yes while ago. i know who you're talking about yes i had one um when i was making calls the other day mm-hmm. uh he was he was really quick to get me off the phone um and then i just said hey i just wanted to reach out you know if you had any questions and then he started oh yeah by the way What's your take on the, uh, you know, the lawsuit? How do you think it's going to affect the market? And then we got into this like twenty minute mm-hmm. conversation. So, um, yeah, knowing I thought, what I thought he had to about, get off the phone. I know Stacey. he did have to get off the phone, and then he like he was talking like crazy. <laughs> so it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, and it's something people want to talk about for sure. I've heard it a bunch, and you know, one of the things that agents just need to be prepared for is how to respond to this. And it's not telling; it's asking. Mm-hmm. the The number one question to ask is. Hey, Stacy, what do you understand about the lawsuit? And, and see what people actually know, because there's a lot of irresponsible headlines. We're going to get to this one the Wall Street Journal had that they put out last week, which was a, a joke, to put it mildly. Th- this is something that is going to be an issue. I don't, I don't think there's any question about it. It's almost like what you could do during COVID. That was such like a hot topic. It was, could you show homes? What were you supposed to do? And some people were working. Others were following the laws in Pennsylvania. So... Before we get into that, here's kind of the update. So there's a delay on the final judgment. So what's happened is that the uh, there's a um, the latest news is that the time frame for these the time frame for post trial motions um, is getting elongated. Uh, big surprise there. So they have to be submitted by January eighth. What I found interesting is the defense hired a bunch of new lawyers, which they probably should because I don't see how you lose this case. This was. Someone put out a, uh, I think it was Jared James, he's a real estate coach, and he said that the um, the lawsuit was not the, the, the plaintiff's winning. It's that NAR and the defendants got beat. They got beat in the lawsuit, and meaning that they were out-counseled, they were out-lawyered, whatever you're going to attach to it. Because, I mean, I don't know how you don't interview the, or, or have, interview's not the right word, 
I don't know how you have the agents that worked with these people not testify during that. I mean, why, why is that not happening? Because most of the people said they were satisfied with their experiences. So um, Keller Williams hired um, a lawyer. His name is Paul D. Clement. He served between 2005 and 2008 as the U.S. Solicitor General and has argued over 100 cases before the U.S. Supreme Court. Sounds like a good hire. Wow. Yeah. NAR hired Greg Gary. He's a partner at Latham and Watkins and a global chair of its Supreme Court and appellate practice. Um, and he served under Clement as the principal duty solicitor general and su- succeeded him as U.S. Solicitor General from 2008 to 2009. He argued 48, course, uh, 48 cases before the U.S. Supreme Court. So sounds like a better hire than what they had. Um, and NAR does plan to argue for a complete reversal of the verdict. Home Services retained a multinational law firm, and uh, according to the website of this, they hired a guy named Theodore Boutros. He's argued hundreds of appeals, including before the Supreme Court, and has successfully persuaded courts to overturn some of the largest jury verdict and class actions in history. So these are some good hires. I think that's a good move. And then you got Michael Ketchmark, who just said, we're going to be ready for the appeal. I don't, I don't, I, I, that guy's pretty interesting. We can talk about him later. So we have new attorneys. I'm not surprised there. And now there's also these copycat lawsuits that have been filed. So in Texas, there was a lawsuit fired by a home builder as the plaintiff. Hmm. I find that to be very interesting. Might be like Ryan Holmes when they offer out a a bag of nickels for you to uh, go sell their houses, but they want to advertise them everywhere. Um, And I find that very interesting for a couple reasons. One, I think it's a path for builders just not to pay commissions at all. They don't want to do it anymore, which will increase their bottom line. And in this lawsuit, they named real estate teams and individual real estate agents. Wow. That was a big deal. So what do you two think about all these developments here just over the past week or so uh, with the new uh, the new copycat lawsuits and the, um, the new hires for the Sitzer Burnett principals involved? You look a little alarmed, Sarah. Well, I was just thinking, like, what if you got, I mean, I don't think this would ever happen to anybody, like, on our team, but, like, so specific agents were named for, like, yeah. these are bad eggs? I, I think anything's possible at yeah. this point because these, you know, that lawsuit, that verdict, I should say, really opened up Pandora's right. box. Yeah. Right? right? So everybody and their brother, sister, aunt, and uncle, cousin who thinks they have even a, a remote chance of, this. now this all comes down to money. That's yeah. what it boils down to. So if anybody thinks they have a remote chance of getting anything, mm-hmm. they're going to, it doesn't, it's not much to file a lawsuit. You, and if you find an attorney that's willing to, to represent you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think once these, if once it goes to appeals and if it's overturned, it'll probably be appealed again. But if it's overturned, mm-hmm. then you'll see these lawsuits dropping off. Yeah. I think that checks out but it's kind of scary thinking that um as individual agents we could have something like that pending against us right that could be make or break i mean honestly yeah people that have to hire attorneys it's expensive Mm -hmm. you know yeah um it says a home builder and a magazine publisher who's the magazine publisher that's filed a lawsuit and why right okay well i gotta investigate that yes so the the plaintiffs are the home builder, um, which and it, it's it it it's uh, it's the QJ Team LLC and Five Points Holding, which is a holding company, um, who's a business magazine publisher. So his name's Mark Home. I'm pretty believe I'm pronouncing this correctly. Let's see what he's all about here. And I mean, I, you know, I. I, I disagree a little bit, Sarah. I don't. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities for anything to happen because yeah. you can get sued for any reason that you want. Um, I mean, you know, I, I we I, the amount of lawsuits that uh, have, have come through the door, it's pretty fascinating. Um, I mean, just the stuff that goes on. So, um, I'm looking at this here. I think this is him on LinkedIn. It looks like he is the uh, president at Westar Associates. This is a CFO. This may not be him. Um, so, you know, we'll have to do some research on this. I, I think the whole point, though, is that you're going to see more and more of this. And unfortunately, when personal injury attorneys, some of them, they smell, and this isn't every one of them, but when they smell blood in the water, this is what they do. It's no different than these commercials that get run on television. So I, I, I'm not totally shocked here this is happening because the whole 
premise of this was that the training around scripting and commissions is what created the conspiracy for Keller Williams and Home Services and these companies that were mentioned. Well, you know, we practice scripts and dialogues all the time. Uh, I, I can't say that we've ever said we're only charging X, although I knew I, I do know brokerages in our marketplace that would not move off a certain fee in the past, and, and they're just not willing to do it. So, But then it's, like, up to, like, the seller has the right to, like, go work with someone else. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I'm so talking about— if you about, stick with your number, whatever. Right. Is my thought. Well, I, I agree with you. I'm telling there was a corporate policy. Yeah. These agents could uh, not— they were not— Could okay. not so um, negotiate. Uh, negotiate. Uh, so this gotcha. is very different. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, your time's worth your time. I'm not doing this for less than blank. You can go get somebody else. I'm just, I'm not willing to. It's negotiable. Right. I'm right. not negotiating, right? Yes. That That's what that means. So this is going to keep going until these appeals happen. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if you start to see some of these other things pop up, but it's someone that's got to have some money to spend too, because this is not cheap to, uh, right. to, to, to file these lawsuits. And Well, it would also be interesting to know, is it the individuals that are seeking out the attorneys to represent them or some or of the it- attorneys like circle dialing the <laughs> recent sales in given places and like finding out, you know what I mean? Are they seeking them out and saying like, hey, I think I've got a suit here. Sign on. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It could be. Could be. Yeah. Well, I mean, that very well could be the case. I mean, you know, it's and, and to get class action, you got to get more than one. So that's, you know, that, that that's a whole nother thing. Um, I did find this guy's LinkedIn profile, and there is nothing on there. He's got a... He scrubbed uh, it. <laughs> well, I mean, literally, there, there's nothing on here. So um, that, that that's pretty interesting. So then there's, there, there's more to this, though. Um, there was a Wall Street Journal article that was published. I'm going to read you guys the headline here just so you can see this because I think it's a, it's, it's a really poor headline. And uh, we had uh, talked a little bit about this on the Knowledge Brokers podcast. Um, tell me what you think of this headline. So it's on the Wall Street Journal, and it says that almost no one – Here's what uh, I want to get this right here. Almost no one pays a 6% real estate commission except Americans. What do you think about that? This is the Wall Street Journal, who is in business with Realorder.com, by the way. They're related companies. Wow. So do other countries pay more? <laughs> no. I guess they're saying less. or it's. Um, they said most pay less, but like Japan and other places don't. Don't pay anything at all? No, they, they they pay the same. There's a whole there's a whole breakdown in the article. Uh, it goes back to again that it's negotiable, right? That the fees are negotiable and sellers can choose to work with whomever they they decide based on uh, you know the services offered. Isn't that like everything? And that's kind of like capitalism. You can choose who you want to work on your car, right? You don't have to take it to. Um, one per one designated service person. You can decide. You can negotiate uh, costs according to that too. So I just um, I think that it, there has to be more clarity, I guess, about it. But it's always been negotiable, right? Well, and I think if you just suddenly start comparing to other countries, that's not apples to apples. Like, right. what do their taxes look like? What do right. their what other pieces are involved? What other parties are potentially involved outside of? Um, you know, the, the agent, you know what I mean? Like, do they have agents? Some countries do. I mean, how do they, right. Do they just do a handshake and and it's just buyer and seller? Right. There's so, like, I think there's, it would be really difficult to do a straight apples to apples comparison between countries because of all of the other stuff, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you bring up a great point. So here's why this is a trash headline. Let me just be first and foremost. So the headline says almost no one pays 6% except Americans. Then they have a chart based on uh, Professor Norm Miller and Chad uh, Silverson from the KBW Research and Shorefield, and it shows the typical brokerage commissions worldwide. They have the U.S. listed at 5.5%, so it's not even accurate. <laughs> Here's what's more inaccurate. Housing Wire did a study on this. The average real estate commission paid by a seller in 2022, last year, was 5.32%. So it's now become an 11% embellishment by the Wall Street Journal wow. in their headline, right? Imagine if you were off on your closing cost estimates for somebody and said, hey, Sarah, uh, you know, I know you and Eric thought you were only going to owe $100,000 to buy this house. It's really $111,000. I would be fired. Yeah. I mean, but, right? And, yeah. and so this is a major challenge, number one. It's, it's one of the big problems. It, it, it's a, I have a lot of things to say about this headline. i got to keep it clean for the radio here. <laughs> It's a trash headline, right? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a clown headline. Then, on top of that, you look at this 
there was this flyer in CoStar's booth at NAR Next, and it said, Realtor.com sister company is against real estate agents, and they have all these Wall Street Journal headlines where there's home sellers on, on the take on the Realtor cartel, Realtors face antitrust reckoning. I just shared with you the headline that was recently published. And if they go on to say, if they're your partner, why are these articles on the Wall Street Journal? And News Corp owns Realtor.com and the Wall Street Journal. So I found that to be very fascinating. And then on top of that, there's this on Housing Wire. And then I want you guys to react to this. Uh, the CEO of, of, uh, of CoStar, Andy Florence, who's very verbose, right? He comes out and says what's on his mind. Um, he wanted to set one thing straight, that his company had nothing to do with the commission lawsuits now rocking the real estate world. And he said, we had zero involvement with that lawsuit. We learned about it from NAR long after it started. And um, a report released by KBW before the verdict was announced identified CoStar as the top beneficiary of a change in the buyer-agent landscape because of their unique business model. So I, there, there's all these conspiracy theories flying around right now, um, especially given the interviews that Michael Ketchmark has given because the man looks unhinged. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and now Inman's having him speak at Inman Connect in New York to interview him and really pry. I mean, what what is going on here? It seems like there's a lot more going on than just people feel like they were wronged based on the testimony and now all these, and usually where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a tinfoil hat on right now <laughs> talking to you about this. Now, you know, I nothing is surprising anymore, but if once all the smoke clears, we will find out what's really, you know, what is underneath all of this. And it all boils down to money and control of the market, right? There's been so much, um, gosh, in the past <laughs> most recent 10, 20 years, people trying to upend this industry, right? Yeah. Especially with tech companies and there's there's just a disruption. Every You know, there's so many outside forces wanting to disrupt this industry. Right. Right. And it all boils down to money. Right. Right. Um, so I, this headline that um, realtors face an antitrust reckoning. Like, don't you love these headlines? Right. Oh, my gosh. And also, like, the lawsuit that's rocking the real estate world. Like, it's something to be aware of, but I would not say it is currently rocking the real estate world. The Realtors cartel. You know, it's like... (laughs) Dude, I can, like... It's always, like, interesting, though. If there is, like, a funny... I don't Not funny, but, like, conspiracy theories, like, going down... It would be, like, interesting if the smoke cleared and there was some, like, like, huge, crazy, like, maze of things... We could talk about that on the show. Yeah. I, well, I don't I think, think we're ever going to find out. This is like who who killed JFK. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of conflicting things, though, here. Yeah. You know what I mean? When, like, Realtor.com and the Wall Street Journal are interconnected. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's there's a lot to this. Yeah. Um, and you control the message, mm-hmm. right? You're putting out all this information, um, hoping that the consumers get this information and the consumers catch on and and they start to make their own changes. Mm -hmm. But what I know is what I do is I try to help people. Yeah. You know, I'm, we're out here trying to help people make big life moves. Right. In the, probably the largest transaction of their lifetime. And that's what it comes down to. It's, you know, it's that kind of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree with that. Now, now, Sarah, you mentioned something else here, and I, I think there's a, there's a really valid point. You talk about, like, what's going on in these other countries. So the U.S. has way more agents than these other countries. So to give you some perspective, this is from the Wall Street Journal article. So we will trust them, even though they, they have a really bad headline, because I think that's most people right now, unfortunately. So if you look at the number of agents in the U.S., we know that there's uh, uh, 1.6 million. In Canada, there's 160,000. In the U.K., there's 48,000, and in Australia, there's 35,000. So the number of active licensees corresponds with uh, the number of active agents, obviously, but it's, I mean, that that's a lot of agents compared to these other countries. And the U.S., 89% of people in the U.S. use a buyer agent. All, the rest of the countries are like 33%, meaning they don't have buyer agents. So it's, let's, so it's <laughs> dual agency, basically. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting information, too. So um, I, I would like to dig deeper into those numbers. Like if you're doing dual agency, how many actually get to closing? Right. Um, how many do 
have there's conflict of interest or perceived conflict of interest and they don't make it to closing. I would like to know all those that yeah. information. I know this is just one, but um, my sister and her husband live in Toronto and they <clears throat> last year sold their condo and bought a house um, and used an agent on both sides of that transaction. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, now the populations are smaller in these countries too. That's you what I was just googling. Yep. Yeah. Um, what what I'm clear on though is I think part of the challenge here is that there's so many agents in the U.S. Right, and the average agent makes thirty, forty thousand dollars. That that's the the average. These other agents, they're having to do way more volume to make a living. Which, mm-hmm. in part of this is I I do see that there's going to be like the hobbyists, the part timers, the hey I'm doing three deals a year and I got another job. They're going to be out of a job in real estate because people will not tolerate this anymore, especially if they're having to pay a fee or just they're responsible for it or it's on their radar that they have to actually talk to agents. So what I find interesting about all this is that I see a lot of opportunity for people that are really serious about their business. A lot of opportunity. This is no different than when like accountants got in a lot of trouble, the Sarbanes-Oxley stuff when they were for cooking the books. This is back in what the late nineties, right? And all all these and all, all those things happened. I don't think it's that different if you're really serious about your business. If you're one of these hobbyists or you don't like making phone calls, you're allergic to the phone, or you're allergic to working more than 15, 20 hours a week, those are the people that should be out of the business. And I, I think we will see the numbers shrink down dramatically because that entitlement to, hey, I showed the house, I'm due a fee. That's gone now. People people are asking this question. I've had to come up in listing appointments I've been on. I've had to come up in phone calls. We've seen that there are $0 co-ops now being offered in, in the marketplace already, and we're having to navigate that. And if you don't know how to do that stuff, and then all of a sudden the buyer's on the hook for something they didn't realize, it's not going to go well. Yeah, I think the hobbyists um, could be some of the folks that they just – keep their license because they might have a family member that wants to buy or sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so they might do one or two transactions a year. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, we come across people like that, right, Sarah? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you do their job for them anyway. Basically. Yes. Yep. I'm you, being nice. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell mm-hmm. there is a big difference in the way that transactions flow uh, with, as opposed to when you work with an agent that, it is their full-time thing, and, and they do, you know, many transactions a year. Right. Um, there is a big difference uh, when that when that happens. But I think you're right. The hobbyists, um, as this continues on, they will probably say, just hang it up. Right. But to be fair, for anything that would come along and be either more work or disruptive to being able to do things the way they were, probably – like maybe would have been enough to have them hang it up. Yeah. Well said. So what what I see coming out of this is that this is going to be an appeals for a while. Nothing has changed. I want to be very clear. Nothing has changed yet. And if people can't effectively explain that to consumers in a way they can understand, that's where hobbyists have a hard time. They start going down this black hole of like, well, if this happened, then they, they don't really know what they're talking about. So mm-hmm. let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk some turkey here. Sarah Timon is ready with her number one turkey of the year next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. 
Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. All right, all right. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacy Mitchell. We have Nick Wolf behind the camera and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And if you get some value out of the show here, especially this next segment, subscribe to the YouTube channel, turn on the bell for notifications, give us a like. And we'll make sure to keep you updated on the latest happenings in the real estate market. So it's Thanksgiving in two days, ladies. We do this every year. I think the first year we did this, you were like, what are you talking about? I have no idea. (laughs) I think we had to remind some people on the show this week. I I, I did this on Knowledge Brokers, but Turkey of the Year. So if you don't know what that means, if you look up the slang for turkey, not like the Urban Dictionary. That's not where you want to go. It's it's slang. And it says a dud or a loser are the are the two definitions here. I like talking about this, especially in real estate, outside of real estate, because everyone talks about like man of the year, woman of the year, you know, highlight of the year. What about the worst things that happened? Well, can I revise mine to like the biggest bird news of the year? Whatever you want to do, Sarah. I'm going to do it that way. (laughs) It's not like a flu (laughs) or something. Biggest bird news. No. So New Zealand had a contest this year for to vote on bird of the century. Um, so that's exciting. And there, John Oliver on his show was talking about it and was voting for the Puking Putakete. Huh? And it won. So by a landslide, I think partially from his promotion. So uh, what does gotta, this bird even look like? Um, let's look him up. Okay. So we've got a bird. spell this? All right. It's P U K I N G and then P U T E K E T E K E. I mean, it's going to be a good-looking bird, I think. Wow. Bird of the century. It's got to be. How did you know how to enunciate that? I don't know that I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think I threw in a couple extra techies. Oh, Ute- my gosh. It's a, it's, a, it, it's a bird that vomits. Oh, my gosh. Are you that's, serious? That's what it says. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's puking, not pooking. It's wow. puking, whatever kind of bird it is. Why would New Zealand, why would they... Okay. Wow. Maybe they felt sorry for him because that he won overwhelmingly as the bird of the century. Wow. He vomits. The bird got so excited. (laughs) It threw up. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there. I I have not, Sarah. I can't can't say this happened to me. It's actually a pretty bird. I found a picture of him. He's really, he kind of looks like a swan, but with a brown and black plumage around the head. Interesting. Yeah. Never heard of them. See, we learn something new every day, right? Yeah. So that's wow. my that's my bird news. <laughs> All right. A puking bird for Sarah. That, that, I mean, that that's, that's Sarah's turkey of the year is the puking bird. Very interesting. There we go. Well, my turkey of the year would be Bob Goldberg. Do-do-do-do. So we know who he is. Tell everyone who he is. Tell us why he's your turkey. Oh, Lord. So he is the former chief executive officer of NAR. Um, one of our largest trade associations in for realtors. Um, he's he's slated to retire at the end of 2024, and it's just he's staying there because of money. Obviously, oh he's out, he's gone. Oh he's gone. He left. Yeah, he resigned. Oh oh that's right, he did. Um. Anyway, the guy is just dirty, dirty, dirty as they come. 
Um, we talked about this numerous times on the on our radio show here too. What he's done. There's just a cloud of just grimy stuff around him, like all kinds of sexual assault allegations. Not just one, but what was it, 17, 25? I don't know the last in, count. In an industry that has more women than men in it. Right. I, I've got, I mean, I, I personally have a real problem with that, so I, I agree with you here. And he, he didn't even kind of try to even reconcile it. He kind of, like, waved it off like it was nothing. Uh, eventually, the pressure got to him, and he was forced out. So he's my biggest turkey, bringing down our whole industry. I mean, people have a, you know... <laughs> A perception of real estate agents anyway or misperception but you know something like that surrounding the the ceo of this big trade organization mm-hmm. that represents realtors and he's like the slimiest of all yeah we don't need that so all that stuff is a great reason for him to be turkey of the year and then on top of it they totally fumbled the sitzer burnett case yeah. i mean again I, I i do not understand how they went from hey it's not a big deal in 2019 to and we've been talking about this for years on the show. As long as we've been doing the show, this comes up every once in a while. It went from hey, it's not a big deal, nothing to worry about. To oh, we're going to reverse everything we passed in the 1990s. And it, it the the defense was he was talking down to the jury. It just was on top of the personal problems that I, I think are a bigger issue overall, just in terms of you know not not just being a horrible human being. Then he also didn't do his job for all the 1.6 million agents that are out there. So right. and making that huge salary, ugh, that's where our dues go. You know, when we don't sell a house, we get fired. Yeah, right. He can't even protect the people he's supposed to protect, or the people that work for him. And you've heard of the circle of safety, right? So you got to worry about the inside threats and the outside threats. Well, he, the president, this guy, that guy Kenny Parnell. I mean, it's just it's wild to me. Great turkey. Gobble, Unfortunately, gobble. yeah, I guess. Um, all right, so here we got a minute left here. I put a okay. poll on Instagram. Here, here, I asked everyone, and I'll give you mine. Sitzer Burnett Jury. Yep. NAR. Yep. Zillow. Me. <laughs> um, Tom Sandoval. I, I, apparently, that's a Bravo celebrity. I've been getting DMs about this. Bethany Frankel, the broke agent. Oh. Mitchell and Ness for not making enough Princess Diana jackets. Mainstream Agreed. media. That, that was like, that thing sold out in like 10 seconds. Yep. None of these are my turkey of the year. Michael Ketchmark, number one, one of the biggest hypocrites out there because he is a personal injury attorney that gets paid by the other side when he wins a case, right? Buyer agents get paid when they sell someone's house, but he's got a problem with that. Horrible, horrible, just big turkey of the year. That's what I got. I I I can't even finish it. Yeah, that's a good one. So that's what we got. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. You want to follow Sarah? She's at Ty underscore Ty Time on Instagram. You can follow Stacy at the number two Mitchko. You can follow me at TomTool3RD, and please subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Give us a like, hit the bell for notifications, and we'll be back next week on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM.